and welcome back to the Green and Gold Rugby Show for another week. We're the show that's getting you over the game line on the hottest topics of Australian rugby. I'm Reg Roberts, and much like the Waratahs in that second-half performance against the Highlanders, both Matt and Hugh have gone missing this week. So joining me this week is a couple of old-school favourites, firstly calling in from the US, like he did a couple of weeks ago, Jamie Miller. How are you, Jamie? Good morning to you. I'm good, thanks, Reg. Great to be here, as always. Excellent. And uh, joining Jamie and myself is, uh, it's been a bit of a while since we've had him on, but uh, it's only appropriate given the current state of the Australian conference. One and only Brumby Jack, Steve Lenthal. Steve, how are you, buddy? Good, thanks, Reg. How are you going? Excellent. So, uh, look, a little question at the top before we get into the five burning questions. And I know Jamie has been particularly giddy with excitement about this part of the show because you discovered this young, exciting name that's going to be part of the French under-20s uh, team in the World Champs coming up, didn't you? Jamie, do you want to have a go at pronouncing his name for us? Uh, his name is Farouj Faras. Faras. Fantastic. So he will fast become a green and gold favourite, uh, green and gold rugby favourite, and will follow him, in, follow him intently during the World Champs. But it, it begs the question, doesn't it, Jamie? Um, is there a better name in world rugby, mate? Well, I don't know if there's a better one, but um, one of my favourites... And a guy who, like Fardas, has got plenty of gas out wide is uh, Clayton Blomikies, the, the cheetah's fullback. Very good player, uh, but his name in Afrikaans means tiny little flowers. And I think that's a, a really nice juxtaposition to the usual uh, physical masculinity of rugby. And uh, it, it makes me smile every time I hear it. It's almost the complete opposite to Fardas, isn't it? Nice, the floral aroma aroma. Uh, with his name compared to Fardas. I like that a lot, Jamie. Thanks for bringing that sort of uh, the touchy-feely component to the show that we all love. Um, Steve, what about your, yourself, mate? You'll keep along the same theme, won't you? Uh, similar, yes. Uh, mine's not. Mine's a little old school. It's another Frenchman uh, from the late 80s and early 90s. He was a big second rower for the French national side. His name was Jean Condom. Um, and... When the France toured in Australia in the 1990s, uh, they came through Canberra to play a match against the Kookaburras as they were known then, and my old man had a bit to do with them. So we got to meet the team post-match, and actually Jean was there. So looking through the the match program and seeing his his name, I found it quite amusing being a a primary school person at the time and tried not to laugh too much when I, I met him and had to explain to my parents afterwards what was so funny. Yes, it was it was always amusing. I used to love watching him play, and the the commentators when he was replaced, explaining how condom had to be pulled off. But um, that's uh, look. <laughs> as for me, uh, th- there is not a chance I'm coming up with a name. I cop so much flack on this show for my name mispronunciation. <laughs> so this is one I'm going to stay well clear of, um, unless I can just put forward someone like. Steve Moore. There you go. Steve Moore's my name, guys, just because it's nice and easy to pronounce. No trouble for me there whatsoever. Um, but big show tonight, guys. The the Wallaby squad has been announced, and we've got to get stuck into that. Burning questions tonight. Uh, I'll go through them once again before we come back and delve a little bit deeper. First burning question is, what is the biggest talking point about that Wallaby squad? Question two, the Brumbies have now all but secured the conference title. Do we think they can advance past the quarters? Question three is, how do we reckon the remaining Aussie teams will approach the rest of the season? Uh, question four, who do we think will top the uh, the other three conferences um, 
uh, Aussie Conference looks pretty secure, but what are those, about those other three? And finally, we talked about the World Under-20 starting in a couple of days' time. How are the Aussies going to go this year? They've been disappointing of late, so very interesting to see how they progress through that tournament. But let's get straight to it. The Wallaby squad's uh, been announced. You should all have it um, in your respective newspapers, Twitter feeds, social media connections, wherever it is. A um, couple of quick snapshots, eight Brumbies, nine Waratahs, seven Reds, five Rebels, four Force, and a starred Francais player. Um, a, a nice smattering. I think there's an average age of 26, so quite a young Wallaby squad. Uh, Jamie, other than that, give us your interpretations, mate. What do you think of this squad? Uh, what do I think of this squad? Um, it's not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> Not happy. Okay. No, Talk I mean, us through it, mate. What's your issues? Well, even I mean, look, it's got to be acknowledged that Checker is acting under some some constraints. You know, there's quite a few injuries, players overseas, and players heading overseas that he probably would like to include. Um, but when I saw that Marika Korobete and Eto Nabuli had been picked in the back three, uh, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I really. I mean, that really stunned me. I would have thought that there were lots of other more surprising, uh, uh, lots of other more more deserving players out there. I think Corey Bede has shown he's got fantastic acceleration. You know, usually uh, some of these Fijian guys are great once they get going, but not great off the mark. He's great off the mark. But he also yes. appears to have basic problems with uh, kicking a rugby ball, um, basic positioning and knowledge of the laws. I would have thought those were things that would have uh, mattered quite a fair bit when it came to picking a Wallaby squad. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Look, I'd ask the question as who the alternatives might be, but I kind of get you with... Look, and I was a, a non-believer in Corabetti's selection last year when he was selected. I am surprised by Nabuli. I thought he would be um, overlooked, uh, particularly for, you know what we saw on the weekend, that sort of dumb play he's done. He's, he's scored, I think, eight tries this tournament. He has looked pretty dangerous in times, but he, he is inconsistent. He's not you know, he's not the dominant force you'd like to see in someone who's being considered for a Wallaby jersey, and by all reports, he'll, he'll get one. Um, but um, what else, mate? Beyond the wings, where else are you looking as our, our weakness? Where were you let down? Um, I thought there were quite a few names uh, that I thought could have been there that weren't. Um, without wanting to steal everyone's thunder, I, I really thought Ross Haylett Petty would have been um, mm. a guy who was included, a guy who's who's clearly a natural six, you know, tall, big, mobile, but can also play at eight and lock. Um, he has a real versatility there that uh, is invaluable in tournament situations or off the bench, and I, I really thought his time had come. I was very surprised not to see him. Uh, the other guy who was not there, uh, given McMahon wasn't being picked with that horrible injury he had, was Chris Alcock down at the Brumbies. Um, yeah, I was blown away by that one, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I thought I, he was a given. I thought he was a given as well. I mean, having watched some of the Brumbies games this year, uh, Alcock's very consistent. But more than that, is he actually plays a very similar type of seven role to what Michael Hooper does, and we've seen with. Uh, Checker's preference for McMahon in the past. He likes to have a like-for-like in that particular role, someone who's going to get through a lot of work, be fast up off the line, but also provides a good running component. And Alcock really does that. He's got great leg power, and he's good over the ball as well. I was surprised to see Dempsey, who's 
um, played sort of 30 minutes of club rugby in the last three months, get the nod instead of Alcock. Um, so that was also very surprising. Um, there are a few others, but I, you know, I don't want to steal everybody yeah. else's thunder. Yeah, well, let's, let's, Steve, let's hear about you, because I reckon we're tightrope walking on one of your big concerns, your, your big Brumby fan. You t- tell us about your imp- impressions of the squad and what, what's the big standout uh, talking point from your perspective? Yeah, the squad's not too bad, but I think my main concern is, is the back row. Like of the six that are named there, there's three debutants in Dempsey, Hardwick, and Hannigan potentially. So I think the big omission is, is Scott Fardy. So um, like Jamie is saying, with Chris Alcock also, they, those two have worked very well this year. Um, I think Alcock has he's probably been, I guess he's in the following in the steps of of Pocock. So people. Are a bit are probably surprising. You look at Alcock, where he's been before. He's been behind Hodgson at the force, and he's tried. This is probably the first year he's really had a full season, I guess, to to show what he can do. And people probably a bit surprised by it, but you know, we probably got him for a reason. But there's, I think the back rows is quite interesting. Um, but I guess these tests are probably a chance for Checker to have a look at see what these guys can do before we head to the rugby championship against the, you know, the All Blacks, Springboks and Argentinians. So um, I guess some of those guys who weren't picked there, they're probably not discarded just yet. Um, it's just a, a look and look and see, I guess. But uh, there's a couple of other other names throughout the squad I think uh, are interesting. I think from the Brumbies' perspective, again, I think Kyle Godwin is, is probably surprising that he's there because he hasn't really lived up to his potential this year uh, at the Brumbies. I'm not sure whether because there's a whole new 9, 10 and 12 combination there this year, but um, there's just some things I thought he hasn't quite lived up to this year so far. I reckon that's a loyalty pick, yeah, which Checker loves to do. Uh, Godwin was actually one of our more... Imp- I think it was his test debut, at least his starting debut last year when we won... In France, we, we beat the French yep. uh, with that sort of second, str- not quite second string, but a you know a pretty uh, mixed up team. And Godwin actually played pretty well at twelve there. I reckon that's a, a loyalty pick for him. But but I'm with you. I would have. I'm surprised by Godwin's selection. I'm surprised, Jamie, by you that those Dempsey, who I think is a good player and started the season exceptionally, but he's he's barely back from injury. You're letting me know before the podcast. He played a couple of minutes of club footy on the weekend. Um, I even made uh, Luke Antui. I'm surprised at, and that, and that's I understand that's a project pick, and he's a big unit, and he's a raw talent, all that sort of stuff. But I wouldn't have picked him for the Wallabies. I don't. He's done some impressive things, but he's done some pretty poor things, and he is lazy in defence, and and he's been run around a few times. And I would have picked a couple of force players. I would have picked Matt Phillip there at lock, without doubt. I think he's got the he's the same height as Luke Hunt. He's probably only 10 kilos lighter than him, and I know. 126 kilos is great, but there's limitations there. But I, I'm wrapped in Matt Phillips' play. I think he's a wonderful player. Uh, Hale at Petty, as you say, Dane, uh, sorry, um, uh, the back row, um, would have been a, a strong option. But Billy Meeks, I would have loved to have seen Billy Meeks in this squad. Uh, I, I think he probably deserves it over Godwin as well. I think it's, um, I, I think he would have been a, a you know, really solid uh, addition to this squad and a, a good option between 12 and 13. I think he provides the physicality that Godwin, they're looking for in Godwin, and I think he provides that the playmaker skills as well. So, look, oh, I'm not going to whinge too much about the squad. I, I, I think the force probably deserve a couple more people in there, but all in all, it's a solid squad. It's a, it's a tough series, isn't it, Jamie, mate? We've got, you know, we're playing Fiji and Melbourne, and without 
Fiji's a couple of Fiji's big names and Onadola is not playing, so um, you know that, I'm not going to say there'll, there'll be a walkover, but we'd expect a comfortable win. The Scottish Test are the big one in Sydney. We'll pick our strongest for that, and then Italy up here in Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium. So you know it, it's not as if we're taking on England. There's a, a chance to try new things, albeit you know I, I know you know this is my big position. We don't give away Wallaby jerseys, but you know it's a chance to. Uh, I guess, look at some different combinations. Uh, yeah, I agree. Sport. I think, you know, this sort of um, less intense June is really what we needed last year. Coming out of the World Cup, an opportunity to rebuild and blood players. Instead, it all just went so horribly wrong with that England series, even though we were leading by about 15 points in the first test and then and did that again, I think, in the second test. Um, I really agree with you about Matt Phillip. He's someone who, whenever I watch him out at the force, he just is very physical, very big, and then does all the core competencies well. Um, I don't think you can say that about Tui. Um, but the selection of, of Godwin over Meeks is very puzzling. Um, there's no doubt that Kyle Godwin is a very talented player, and certainly a couple of years ago he looked um, he looked like he would really be the next big thing. But he... I think he's probably been picked because Checker likes those two playmakers, and I think Meeks looks more like an English centre, you know, someone who can play 12 and 13 interchangeably, you know, really much more of an all-rounder. But I just can't stop looking at this when I see Godwin play at the Brumbies, is the way that when he passes the ball, he turns his shoulder towards where he's passing the ball. It's sort of what you see schoolboys do, you know, instead of squaring up to the defence. And once you've seen it once... You can't stop looking at it, and then you start thinking, how is this a guy that's going to play inside centre for the Wallabies? I mean, this is just basic, uh, a basic skill deficiency in, a, in an area that's really important for his game. Um, and I'd love to see him get back that confidence and develop, have some opportunity without injury to really develop as a player, because he could be very, very good. Yeah, um, Steve, back to you. What about debutants? There's a few in the squad, or at least when I say debutants, guys who haven't been capped yet. So just running through them, we've got Carmichael Hunt there at fullback, um, set to make his debut potentially as a 30-year-old. Corabetti and Nabuli, we've mentioned them in an all-Fijian wing uh, selection there. Joe Powell, the Brumbies halfback. Uh, the back row combination of Hannigan, Dempsey and Richard Hardwick. Luca and Chewy we've talked about as well. So they're all the rookies, all the, the non-capped players at least. Who of them, you know, are you excited to see get a chance in that Wallaby jersey? I'm going to keep it local and say Joe Powell, just a bit of bias there. But I think it, you know, it's been a, a pretty big... Uh, bias on green and gold uh, rugby? How outrageous. <laughs> no, I think he's, uh, he's he's done quite well this year. Like uh, He had to t- take the big step up after the injury to Thomas Cabelli and, and having a new fly half outside him so they've been learning as, it, as they've been going along those two but I think at the last couple of weeks it's opened up a bit so it's good to see Joe Powell's been in there but I, he was picked I think for the England squad last year so it was a bolter yeah, then so had, not such yeah. a surprise this time around um, other yeah no I agree it'll be fascinating to see and, and he'll get a run too won't he I mean Gennady and Phipps you think will start and all thereabouts um, in that Scottish test but you'd think Powell will get a I run off the bench at some stage. Yeah, I hope so. Um, the other other names, I think, are the, you know, the, the two wingers, I think, if you have uh, Corabetti and Naivalu um, running around, they'll cause havoc all over the place if, if they can get the chance. And I, I, they've done quite well 
um, in a struggling Rebels side, so it'd be good to see um, them showing what they can do at national level as well. Yep, Jamie, what about you? Any of the rookies particularly grab your eye that you're, you're looking forward to seeing? Oh, well, uh, you know, I guess I'm, I'm keen to see Hannigan. Um, I think, I mean, watching the Waratahs has been a really painful experience this year, and uh, he's managed to stand out in a, in a very poor team. So, you know, he appears to have a lot of the types of skills that they're going to need in a six long term, and he's... Uh, his fitness and his engine are both great. So, yeah, it'll be really exciting to see if he can step up. Yeah, yeah, he will. Look, I, I think a few of us have been watching him through the years. The NRC has been exceptional at NRCs, done some very good things for the Waratahs, and he's that mould of player that I think suits that sixth position pretty damn well and as a potential long-term option for Fardy. I'm still a little bit surprised he's there, but happy to see it. Um, I thought maybe one of him or Dempsey there. Look, mine, and I'll do a, a, a Steve and, and pick a, a local and go Carmichael Hunt. Um, you know, he deserves the spot. I don't think anyone will deny that. I don't know what role he'll play. Izzy, you'd get the feeling Izzy will start at fullback. Dane Hallett Petty, once he's confirmed he's back from injury, I think he may get, be a chance to play for the Force this weekend. Um, you know, is the next man likely? Hunt may sort of just provide that cover from the bench, but you know, he deserves it, and he's added a lot to the Queensland Reds team. I think his game on the weekend was probably the quietest he's had, but he's I think he'll really thrive in this environment and enjoy playing with the likes of Foley. I think it's a combination with Foley and Izzy might be quite special if they can get it sort of clicking when it can. Um, and you do have to... It is a remarkable achievement. I guess it's, you know, following in Izzy's footsteps, but to play international rugby league, often play another sport completely in AFL, at a decently high level, I know neither of them were superstars, um, but then represent their country at, at Rugby Union too. It's, a, it's an amazing achievement. So thrilled for Carmichael Hunt and um, well-deserved uh, selection. Looking forward to see how he goes. Um, uh, the other one, I, I got, Steve, I want to come back to you just quickly on is a lot of lock depth in Australia at the moment. So we've seen... Um, so no Dean Mum now, Will, Will Skelton, obviously a couple of guys who are going overseas. Um, Rob Simmons has missed out completely, which I'm a little surprised. I know he cops a hard time, but I think he's actually been reasonable this year. Uh, I, I still think it would have been enough. I thought it would have been enough for him to get selected, but Sam Carter's been having a great year for the Brumbies. He's um, really stepped up from a leadership perspective, hasn't he? Yeah, he sure has. Um... I was surprised by his appointment as as the Brumbies captain. Um, yep. He's in a co-captaincy role with Christian Lee Lafano, who obviously can't take the field this year. So um, he's very calm and, and measured in his approach to the captaincy. He doesn't seem to be too stressed by things, and um, he, he has a plan and he'll stick to it. Uh, so I think he's worked his way back into the all of his calculations. You know, he's sort of on the on the out of there for a little while, but I think this year his uh, his play's been pretty decent. Um, to get to a level to be back in the squad. Yeah, absolutely. So another sort of important forward leader for the team. Um, look, we might wrap it up there. There's plenty of chat going on um, in the forum and on uh, our respective social media pages, guys. So join in the conversation. Let us know who you would have liked to see in the squad, perhaps, um, that missed out, um, and how we reckon the Wallabies will go in this upcoming series. Uh 
let's move back to Super Rugby, and we're going to jump to our second question, which is uh, the Brumbies. So they've secured the conference tunnel. We think it should be thereabouts. You know, the Waratahs may still push it. But uh, do we reckon we're a chance of getting past the quarters? Uh, Steve, I'm going to go straight to you there. I think they're going to face a New Zealand team, aren't they? It's just whether it's got to be the Hurricanes, Highlanders or Chiefs. What's, what's your feel? Can they get it past the quarters? What are they going to have to do to, to win at home versus a New Zealand team? Oh, they're going to have to give the other team food poisoning, I think. Uh, <laughs> you look at those three sides and it's asking which, you want know, your left or your right arm cut off. It's going to be a pretty daunting prospect against any of those three because you know, our record against New Zealand sides across the board for all Australian teams this year is, uh, is it 0 and 20, I think it is at the moment. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was good to see Brumbies on the tour. Come, you know, they got nine point competition points on tour, which I thought was a very good return considering how they'd been playing in the weeks leading up to those games where they couldn't score a try against the Lions and the, and the Blues and got towed up by the Hurricanes and even lost to the Rebels. So they were coming off a pretty poor patch. And But to score some of those tries they did on the weekend against the uh, Jaguares uh, was, was quite good to see. And, um, the backs are actually getting involved for a change and you know people keep saying they revert to the rolling more all the time in forward play, but it was a good mix in that game where they sort of used it to soften up the Argentinians and then the backs got in on the act and, you know, that's, I think, out of the two weeks just been, they've scored four tries of grubber kicks, you know, some of them have been terrible the grubber kick attempts, but to score four tries of grubber kicks or kick aheads is, is good to see and uh, some of those guys coming through, like Tom Banks, you know, I, I guess you're ruining the Reds leaving him to come down this way. Yeah, look, yeah, I am, mate, but it's an interesting one. I was thinking about it because, you know, Carmichael Hunt's been fantastic and too often in Australian sport we bemoan the fact that there's a logjam of talent at one state and Queensland has it a bit at the moment with Locks and with, you know, Luke Anchui and Isaac Rodder and and Cater Neville and, and Kane Douglas and Rob Simmons, you know, all sort of standing there while, while, while some other states would be crying out, the Rebels in particular be crying out for Locks. But, you know... I'm a, I've been a fan of Banks for for a little while, particularly after last year's NRC. So I'm just thrilled he's getting game plan, game time, mate, because he's a great player. And if he was up here, he might not be. He, you know, he might not be getting that game time. So, however much it pains me to see another Queenslander step up for the Brumbies, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that he's one playing, but he's also playing so well. Yeah, it's good to see. Um, I think, but this week, you know, got the Brumbies have got the, the Rebels, and they've just come off a bit of travel, and the Rebels are their bogey side at the moment, so I wouldn't get too excited about what's happening this week. I think they're only going to get about two trainings in, so uh, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, and I guess I think if they win this week, that's pretty much it wrapped up for the Aussie Conference. So, Jamie, what do you think, mate? Do you think the Brumbies won, haven't wrapped up yet? Can they rest? Or they won't rest easy, but do you think they've got it all wrapped up? And, and, and two... Do you give them any hope of lasting past the quarterfinals? Um, yes, I think they've probably pretty much got it wrapped up. And no, I don't think they can get past the quarterfinals. I think, you know, I, the result against the Jaguars, the Jaguares, looks really good. But the reality is the Brumbies, they're very overcoached. Uh, they're overstructured and their strength is just keeping the ball for long periods of time without necessarily doing a lot with it. The Jaguares 
get very impatient when they don't have the ball. They want the ball all the time. So that game plan I don't think works very well for a lot of teams, but it works great against the Jaguares. And sure enough, the Jaguares just fell apart with their discipline and their errors. Um, that same approach is not going to worry the Chiefs or the Highlanders or whoever. And uh, I think ultimately they're just not going to quite have enough there, enough creativity, enough variation, enough spontaneity to um, defeat one of those New Zealand sides in the quarters. Yeah, Steve, I was hoping to be able to make a case that they're really building nicely on the back of that South African tour. And it was an you know, excellent success. Not many Aussie teams win aboard, let alone two weeks in a two weeks in a row. But I'd actually forgotten that they'd lost the previous four prior to that, um, yeah. which uh, is a bit of a concern, isn't it? Yeah, I think... Um this season break is going to sort of halt any of that momentum. You know, we've got yeah. two, two two wins, and I think I'll just add that's the, I think the first time they've won two away games in the same season since 2007. So that was a pretty decent feat. But I think this season break is going to halt all that momentum that they've got. And, you know, you're losing Wallabies players to the tests. Um, I think the Brumbies are looking at sending a team to Mauritius for the 10s, and then they've got a game in Singapore as well in that break. So who knows what will happen there? I think last year we lost Jordan Smiler to a knee injury, which sort of uh, ruined that sort of momentum moving forward. So I just think it's probably come a little bit late. I don't know that they're, they're building nicely, but this, this break is just going to roadblock that moving forward. Can, can we just add right. one other thing yep. on the Brumbies yep. front? Um, it's a kind of funny moment from the match on the weekend, which was, I've been thinking a lot about uh, how inevitable it was that Sam Carter was going to get picked in the Wallaby squad. Um, I'm not a Sam Carter fan, and I've been on a rant on this podcast about that before. And a lot of it's to do with his lack of physicality. And then just as I was thinking about it and watching the game, he pulled off this huge hit and knocked the Haguares guy clean off. And uh, I was like, oh, man, jeez. And then... At the next break in play, the TMO called it back, and it turns out someone else had actually made the big hit. Carter had come in over the top and hadn't used his arms and got penalised for a shoulder charge. And I just thought that was just just typically so Sam Carter, the one opportunity he gets to actually knock someone backwards, and it's someone else, and he concedes a penalty in doing it. I thought that was a nice little Sam Carter summary right there. Oh, you're a harsh man, Jamie Miller. I um, am a harsh man. Look. I am. I want locks. I want locks who are going to be feared. I want locks who are like the mountain from Game of Thrones. I want opposition teams to look at them and be like, geez, I really don't want to get hit by that guy. Nobody in international rugby has ever said that about Sam Carter. He's big and cuddly. <laughs> That's where Luke Antui comes in. Look, so if we're in agreement, the Brumbies have got the secured, uh, secured the Aussie conference there. Let's. The question now becomes, what do these, the rest of the Aussie teams, uh, do for the rest of the team? How do they approach it? And I guess the genesis of this thought was the Reds and and Styles, the head coach, pretty much straight after the game at the post-match conference, and I think it'll be followed through when we see a team name in the next couple of days. Basically said. Um, we're going to use the season, rest of the season to develop our young players, give them a shot and see what they have. I, I, I guess, Jamie, I'll come straight back to you before moving on to Steve and get his thoughts. Good approach, wrong approach. Should they just be focusing on winning every game they can or, or is it a time to blood new players? I guess across the board at all teams. Um, I think it's not a terrible approach. I 
would add that one thing that New Zealand has shown us really well over the last four or five years is that the best way to blood young talent isn't just to pick the players. That's not enough. You've got to pick them alongside really experienced players. Um, that's something that they've done really well, especially when they've been on tour in Europe, is rotating people around. And before you know it, some guy's got 14 caps, but he's played alongside all of the veterans at, at every point in the way. And that's something that Queensland have. They do have a lot of experienced guys to help bring along those youngsters. The problem is that the team just isn't playing with quite enough uh, coherence for those youngsters to find their feet in uh, a safe and easy environment. So I'm not sure it'll be very easy for Styles to do that, but it's a decent strategy. I mean, uh, the Reds don't have too many other options, I would suggest. Yeah, no, I think you're right. There's some deserving... Deserving, there'll be some interesting talent there, but some, some deserving droppings there, which I think is appropriate. Steve, what do you think? I mean, I guess it's a bit of a mix. You'd, you'd imagine the, the force will keep powering along. They'll still back themselves. They've got a really tough game this weekend versus the Hurricanes, but you think they'll continue trying to make a statement. But, you know, what about the rest of them? What about the Waratahs and the, and, and the Rebels? What, what do you expect? Well, I think the, the force, like you said, will really want to make a statement, uh, especially got the Hurricanes into town this week who might not have Bowdoin Barrett. So, and obviously they're fighting for their future. So I don't think they'd want to be resting players and, um, like get a result like what happened with the Highlanders the other week, you know, 50 point flogging, which, you know, sort of, sort of halts any anger and pitchfork carrying and, and torch bearing towards higher authorities. Um, I think some of the other teams, like the Reds, like you said, um, Nick Styles has come out both barrels, and it's not the first time this year he's had a go at, at, at players and actually publicly named them with specific examples as to why he wasn't happy. So I, I guess, like you said, there'll be some people dropped there for good reason. Um, but uh, they, they, they want to push their claims, I guess. You know, you've got players looking in towards next season already, thinking, how can we, we've got to keep our playing in the coach's mind as to what we can do and don't want to wait till next year to do it. Um, so, yeah, I think with the, with the Rebels in particular, they don't have any more players left to, to blood, I think. There's, there's so many, a pretty good point. <laughs> so many injuries down there at the moment, um, you know, with McMahon joining Team Rehab, which I think last a few weeks ago we put out their um, first 15 of Team Rehab and it would you know, be pretty competitive um, across the board. So, um I don't know. I'll say, but you know, there's a couple of conference games to go, you know, into conference games, I guess. Um, Rebels and Brumbies and then the Reds, Brumbies later after the break. So maybe, like you said, they'll roll over to do a few favours. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Back to the old South African days in the past when one of the top teams was playing one of the, the bottom South African teams and needed a good win with a, a really strong points differential and Voila, magically that would happen. Yeah, um, yeah but this it's this mid-season break, isn't it? You can imagine, so the Reds are over in Samoa now and the, the Rebels are, you know, they've got their match and the Force got one more, the Hurricanes, but, you know, it all stops for four weeks and, you know, the Wallabies are on and the Lions too and then all of a sudden they've already come back and play for another two weeks. By then we'll know which team isn't or whether we are cutting a team next year. Um, or, or what's going on there. The last two games for some teams could be almost meaningless, so um, I'm pretty fascinated to see which way it'll go. Hopefully they all stand up and, and keep trying to uh, to push their cause because it's, uh, 
it's not good for the fans. We fans when we we see these teams roll over. Yeah, there might be some good teams having some good tourists, as you say, as you used to say back in the yeah. day. Yes, exactly right. Um, all right, let's have a quick look. As our burning question number four is about those other three conferences, so we're we're confident the Brumbies are going to um, finish on top of the Australian conference. Let's have a look at those other conferences. Let's start with New Zealand across the ditch there. So currently the Crusaders are on top there. They're undefeated, as we know. Um, They are on 59 points. The Hurricanes are then on 48. Then Highlanders 45. Chiefs 45. Blues 33. Jamie, are we comfortable the Crusaders will see that through? Or is there any chance you think the Hurricanes could could challenge them? Uh, I think the Crusaders probably have enough to... To get the job done there. What about you, Steve? Any challenge to the Crusaders? I think only mathematically the Hurricanes. I think they Hurricanes have got a game in hand, so and they play each other in the I think the last round as well, towards the last round. So you never know. But I think you know Crusaders could go unbeaten, which would be a pretty good feat. Yeah, massive call. I, I think you're right. I think they'll continue going on. I think they'll finish on top there. But what an achievement by Scotty Robertson there um, as their new coach. All right, let's go to Africa 2 conference because that seems similarly um, on, uncontestable. In fact, they're all pretty similar, aren't they? Africa 2. So we've got the Lions here who've just dropped the one game. Um, they're on 56 points. Sharks are second on 42. Then you've got the Hags on 24 and the Kings on 19. Jamie... Or it's a late end was there for the Lions, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, the Lions have been great all year. Um, they managed to beat the Kings on the weekend with uh, by 50 points with 14 men. That was pretty impressive. Um, but the Sharks are very useful. They've been useful all season, actually, and I think um, I think they will be uh, useful come finals time as well. So there'll be two useful teams coming out of that conference there. Yeah, they have done all right, the Sharks. Um despite their first-round loss to the Reds, but nine wins from their 13 games doing OK. And then, Steve, over to Africa 1, similarly, the, the Storm is, while it's not a big point-scoring uh, conference, it's similar to the Australian ones, the Stormers are there with on 30 points uh, from their seven wins. So um, not as many bonus points as the Brumbies, but the Cheetahs are second on 16, Bulls 15, Sun Bulls 7. So looks like another one, easy one for the Stormers. Yeah, well, I just hope they might lose a game or two in, just for the yeah, the latter because the Brumbies are Eagles, yeah, isn't it? yeah the Brumbies are now only two points behind them, so that might avoid them playing one of those three New Zealand sides. Well, they'll probably play one. Yeah. Either way, it might stop that argument. It's coming across the ditch. How come the Blues are on thirty three and they're below the Brumbies and all that other carry on? So I'll wait and see. Hopefully, the Stormers can lose another one or two. Well, there you go. They've got two games against a couple of South African teams. They play the Cheetahs and the Bulls in the last round, who will both obviously roll over, oh, yeah, yeah. suffer big losses, and then they host the Sunwolves in one game as well. So, yeah, the Brumbies are going to have to do something pretty exceptional, but um, we'll see how that goes. All right, that's all pretty straightforward, and we'll delve into the Super Rugby table a little bit more detail as we get closer. Probably wait till after these um, July, June test window. International rugby is about to start up again, Jamie. We've got the World Junior Championships over there in Georgia. The Australians have struggled of late. I don't think we've won since it turned to 20s. I think my last win might have been the under-19s with Phil Mooney. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but um, 
impressive squad we've named. Plenty of super rugby talent. A bit of Australian sevens talent. We've got a new coaching team. How do you feel we'll go, Jamie? Can we improve on our previous year's performances? Um, I don't know whether we'll improve this year, but we're definitely going to improve. They, And that's because the ARU, to their credit, uh, let's be clear, we bag them a lot on this game, but uh, to, to their credit, they're taking the uh, under-20s much more seriously, and they're doing that because every other country is. Um, there seemed to sort of be this mentality of the last few years that the, you pick the best players as, as rewards for their form, you know, kind of like an Australian schoolboy's. And now there seems to be much more of an understanding that the goal is firstly to win it and create a winning culture and and develop a winning culture, and secondly to provide talent identification. And that has made a big shift uh, that we saw last year in that the selectors have started to pick people who don't just look good at the age of 20, but guys who physically can fill out their position uh, at, at a senior level. So last year, the pack that Australia picked was absolutely massive. Uh, Isaac Rodder and Luke Ntui were in the engine room there. Uh, Tyrell Lomax was there. Uh, Rob Leota was there. Uh, this was a very big pack. And they basically played a South African style of rugby where they just send big ball runners in and their scrum demolished every team they came up against, including uh, the Baby Blacks where they just scrum them into the ground and had a guy sent off for a, a yellow card for repeated infringements. So that's a really big shift. And they've done that instead of the typical strategy of picking notters, you know, not a six, not a seven, yep. not an eight, yep. but the same sort of guy, you know, sort of between about six, one and six, three or six, four. Um, and one of the, the reason they've done that is because a lot of the guys who were really prioritizing those roles in the past, like Jake Schatz, Curtis Browning, they found that by the time they get to their mid-20s, they physically they don't quite have what it takes to succeed in a particular position at international rugby level. Uh, and so they've decided to pick big guys. The other thing that's really changed is in terms of the pathways. The ARU created this under-20s tournament this year, which gave a lot more players the opportunity to press their case for selection. Uh, there was a changing in coaching. Uh, Simon Cron has gotten the gig this year. Um, we were terrible last year with a lot of talent on the field, which meant that Adrian Thompson had to go. And Cron is widely seen as one of the really up-and-coming coaches in Australia, so it'll be very exciting to see what he can do. Um, Mick Byrne and Mario Ledesma have been involved with the youngsters. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting. Uh, uh, in the backs, Tui Pelotu, uh, Isaiah Parisi, Henry Hutchinson and Simon Kennewell from the Sevens program, Jack Maddox. So really from 12 through to 15, we're going to have some real quality. And there's a couple of guys in the pack as well who are, uh, who are known names. Um, I think it'll really have a lot to do with what we can offer in the halves, and we'll just have to see that on the day in, in Georgia, of all places. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's good to watch, and, um, you know, there's a lot of future stars on, on show. Yeah, there is. There's no doubt, and it's a it's a really good backline, as you, you say. Um, I think Jack Maddox is out injured, which is a real shame. But Hutchinson, Kennewell, McNamara from the Sevens have all been really impressive. You've got the the Super Rugby combo of Parisi and Tuapaluto, as you say. Nick Hughes, who's uh, been there or thereabouts for the Brumbies. Hamish Stewart, who's spent a bit of time um, on the Reds bench, will likely start at ten. I don't know who'll be nine. Whether it be 
Noosa Four, who's got a very good kicking game, or Goddard, who's been with the Rebels. Um, my concern is in those forwards, we don't have the size we have from previously years. I think we've got some great height. I don't know how much benefit that is. And in Hawkins and Macaulay from uh, Hawkins from Queensland, Macaulay from the the Gen Blues uh, New South Wales team. Um, decent size in the scrum. Obviously, Shane Blackaviewy, who was a star last year's tournament, and um, has been getting a lot of game time for the Force. So he'll be a he'll be a key component of that uh, that Wallaby scrum. I, I think we've got a few nodders in that back line, in that back row. Sorry, with uh, Reese Hewitt and Angus Scott Young. Um, uh, Valentini from the Brumbies is a good player. Liam Wright's an interesting one. He sort of pl- captained and played open side for the Queensland under-20s this year. I hear nothing but great things about Liam Wright in terms of his attitude. They they put the boys under a lot of pressure in terms of uh, analysis and expecting them to do their own analysis, analysis and all that sort of stuff and, and extras work, and they could track who was doing it. And, and Liam Wright was outstanding in terms of the extras he used to do and how much work he put into his game. So one of those guys who's not necessarily super talented but uh, just works damn hard on his game. So whether he makes the starting sets, uh team will see. Look, Jamie, my, my concern about this is you talk about the national championship. We had it last year and Queensland have run away with it for two years um, on the back of some you know very talented players and, and some very sizeable players. Then a, a month later we get the team together, or not a, a month later, a couple of weeks later we get the team together and we, we get done by 20, uh, 40 points by the, the, the Kiwis, the, the New Zealand under 20 team. Should these players... Are they better off playing club footy? Should they be playing with men, uh, getting some experience at the higher level? Hamish Stewart, who is a wonderful player, hasn't played Premier Grade rugby. Um, sh- you know, should the likes of him and 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 uh, uh, you know Liam Wright, all these guys, spend their time? Are they better off playing Shoot Shield, Queensland Premier Rugby, even uh, whatever's down in uh, Melbourne, Perth, and 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 Canberra to, to prepare for this event? Well, I think there are arguments on both sides. I think on the one hand, you could have a scenario where they're playing under-20s and then they're going into camp with the national under-20s team playing the Oceania Championship and gelling for about six or seven weeks. Or you could have the argument that they play the under-20s, then they go back and play club rugby and then they're match-hardened by the time they head over for the tournament. What they've done this year is they've done neither of those things. They've done half of one and half of the other. Exactly. Um, they sent out a team against New Zealand, Samoa and Fiji that basically had a second string backline and then brought in the players from Sevens and Super Rugby. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so I do feel your frustrations there. You know, it, it, I mean, it's classic ARU, isn't it? They come up with a great idea, they pour resources into it, and then they still manage to fuck it up a bit. You know, two steps forward, mm. one step back. Um, yep. That said, I do think there's some talent in this team, and I do think that this that that investing in structures and pathways is the way to produce talent year in year out. New Zealand have shown us that, and I think creating the under twenties competition, giving people who maybe got overlooked at school or were injured at the, in their last years that opportunity to come to the fore. Uh, Shambekla Vui being a great example of that, yeah. I think is important and a valid exercise. I also think they should play those games as super rugby curtain raisers, not on some backyard, or club rugby curtain raisers, not as some backyard um, match on a suburban oval with a crowd of 53. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a work in progress. Yeah, fair enough. Look, so the Aussies play their first game 
Uh, it's Thursday morning Australian time, East Coast Elite time, uh, 2.30 in the morning against Wales. They'll then back up and play Samoa on Sunday evening, I believe it is, at 9.30pm. And then they had the big one, England, um, who have got all the systems working in their favour. Yeah. They play Friday week, uh, 9th of June, again, at about 2.30 in the morning. So, um, tough draw, but um, we'll see if they're up to it, eh? Yeah, and England are the gold standard here. I mean, their youth teams, you know, six, seven years ago really struggled, and they made a conscious decision to invest at the under-20s level and to get players together for the under-26 nations and really develop a co- coherent group of players, and it has really paid off. They are now one of the heavyweights year in, year out, uh, and they've also shown the way with size. They pick huge units and sort of from the age of 16, they're all bulking up and, you know, they, their packs are going to be very, very large, one through eight. And uh, that's the model, basically, that Australia is trying to copy, hopefully. And they're, they're graduating quickly into the system, into the club program over there and into the, um, I think, the England A series. Are, have got a bunch of the under-20s from last year and so on too. So the system is working over there. Um, lads, let's wrap up quickly. Let's do a, a few tips. Obviously, it's a... Um, it's a split round, so to speak. So it's the Australian and New Zealand conference this week and then um, the South African conferences don't play until July. So quick round the table. Who do you think will win, uh, Steve? Blues versus Reds in Samoa. Uh, I think the Blues will because the Reds seem to be having a good time over there from some of the photos I've seen. Perhaps you just don't follow enough Blues players on Instagram, Steve. Um, Jamie, what do you think, mate? Yeah, Blues. Uh, half their players are playing a home game there. So. Yeah, I think half the Reds do, but I'm going to go the Blues as well. Um, uh, Saturday, we have the Crusaders hosting the Highlanders. Can the Crusaders continue their um, undefeated season, Steve? I think they will. I think um, at home to make it 14 in a row, that's too easy for them, I think. But it will be a close one against the Highlanders, though. What do you think, Jamie? Any upset there? Nah, too much up front for the Crusaders. Um, the Waratahs made the Highlanders look good last week. All right, and will the Waratahs make the Chiefs look even better this week? What, what's your tip in the Chiefs hosting the Waratahs, uh, Jamie? Uh, I think the Chiefs will absolutely demolish them. They should be a, a big old spanking, won't it, Steve? Any any reason to see any differently with that one? Uh, I think the Chiefs will win just so the Brumbies can wrap up the conference later that night which they will when they play the Rebels. Any concerns at all, Steve? Any concerns? <laughs> a lot. Uh, yeah. It's happened last time they played, and you know, that's the Rebels' only win for the year. They've struggled with them in the oh, past. Good point, yeah. And um, they've come back. They've, you know, they've flown in last night after their magical mystery Southern Hemisphere tour. So I think they'll get it, but it will be closer than most people think. All right, Jamie, you think the same Brumbies over the Rebels? Yep. And then finally over in the west, we've got the uh, Hurricanes playing the Force in Perth. Uh, can the Force sort of bounce, you know, continue their momentum after the, the really impressive, and we haven't mentioned that, we probably should, a really impressive win by the Force over the Reds last weekend. Can they continue that on and, and impress anything on the Hurricanes at all, Jamie, do you reckon? Yep, I think the Force will win by 85 points and uh, Ross Haylett Petty will get a hat-trick, and Billy Meeks, Curtis Rona, Michael Ruru will also, Michael Checker, what they're missing out by nabbing brilliant individual tries as well. 
Michael Ruru, so how about the fourth halfbacks this year? You know, they've already lost one who would have been Wallaby contention and Ryan Lawrence, and then, was it Lawrence? Yeah. And then, um, and then Michael Ruru, who's just been fantastic too, so, uh, yeah, quality players over there. I th- Steve. Uh, Ruru, on, Ruru is very talented. He is very talented. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Super player. Um, Steve, Force. Yeah, I hope so they can. I think you know, last week's win was pretty good and you know, Hurricane's coming back from South Africa, so maybe they can catch them on the hop. But um, yeah, go to force. Excellent. All right, stuff. Jamie, thanks for calling in again from the States. I know it's an early start for you over there, but we really appreciate your insight. Not at all, mate. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And Steve, good to have you back on the podcast, mate. We'll uh, have to get you back on again soon, hey? Yep, thanks for having me. And to all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Um, and uh, get out there and enjoy your rugby this weekend before we start the test series. But uh, get out there and enjoy your grassroots rugby as well. And we'll catch you next week. Um.